The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, episode 535 for Sunday, January 11th, 2015. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in questions, tips, cool stuff found. We answer your questions, tips, and cool stuff found. We share your questions, tips, and cool stuff found. We dissect your questions, tips, and cool stuff found. In fact, we spend the better part of uh, an hour and about 15 minutes uh, obsessing over your questions, tips, and cool stuff found. And that is what we do uh, with the primary goal of having some fun while we learn some things together. And we're not going to put a limit uh, or even we're not going to set the bar. We're just... The, the goal is to learn some things, and, and, and I'll let you level set on, on what that is. This episode is sponsored in part by Linda at lynda.com slash MGG. That link gets you 10 free days of Linda's excellent training. We'll talk about that a little later. Folks at iMazing at DigiDNA, you get 20% off of iMazing for, uh, with the coupon code MGG. And, of course, uh, sponsored by Squarespace at squarespace.com slash MGG and the coupon code there MGG gets you 10% off. So uh, we'll talk all about all of those later today in the show here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in rather chilly and icy and freezing Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun, but then throwing it back up to you. Yeah, here in, in Durham, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, where it's just like Miami Beach without all the nasty heat and humidity. <laughs> it's Pilot Pete. Thanks. Don't forget, don't forget that pesky sunshine. There That's right, that they got. <laughs> yeah, that too. So, thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, glad you're here. You know, it feels like I haven't been here since last year or something. That's been, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, we'll see uh, We'll see how we do. I was telling the guys before the show that uh, not only am I on lack of sleep because I still, I flew back from CES, but I had a gig last night and in a smoky club because it was a private thing or whatever. So, people can smoke in there. Oh, yeah. So, I feel like I smoked a pack of cigarettes. I say that. I've never smoked a pack of cigarettes. I think some total, uh, I can tell you how many cigarettes I've smoked in my life. It's two. Well, it's one and a half because I threw up during the uh, the second one. So, uh, I, I have to imagine that this is what it feels like to have smoked a pack of cigarettes. But um, It's amazing how immune or, or how we've lost our immunity to that, though. Because I bet your parents smoked when you grew up, you know, my in mom the car did. with the windows yeah. up and all that stuff and, and in the home. And you never smelled it. No, it never even occurred to you. And it never bothered me singing or anything yeah. until after I had stopped, after I lived in states where there wasn't right. smoking. Right. And then uh, when I came up here, New Hampshire still allowed smoking 10 years ago. Right. right. Uh, so it had been 10 years since I'd played in a club with smoke and sang and all of that. And it, yeah, it actually took me a while to figure out what was going on. I couldn't, I thought I had some like bronchitis. Anyway. Yeah. How you doing, John F. Braun? Like I told you, just trying to stay warm. Yeah, that's the idea. Preventing everything from freezing. Everything from freezing. Yes, that's good. That's good. So I was at uh, I was at CES last week, John, uh, out in uh, Las Vegas. There, out in La La Land. Uh, my feet are still sore, and in addition to all my other physical ailments that uh, that I might have from what from they being do to your feet out there, Dave. Uh, they made me walk <laughs> a lot. That's just rude. Yeah. They should have put you in one of those self-driving cars or something. Oh, dude. They, I, I wish there was a way to figure all that out. 
but um i i saw some cool i saw some cool things um it, I, there's there's lots of things that actually exist that I'm going to be able to get my hands on and, and test. And then we'll talk about those. So I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much skip that stuff for today. But I, I saw a couple of very cool things uh, that don't yet exist. Uh, and as part of uh, the, they, they have at CES, they have several different sections of, of the, uh, of the convention. And, and one of them focuses on really, really early stage startups. And, and so there were some cool things, for example, a a pair of uh, earplugs that you wear while you sleep that block out like 70 decibels, which is not impossible to do, but they have their Bluetooth ear earplugs and they have little speakers in them that you connect to your phone so that even while you're blocking out 70 dB worth, you still hear your alarm. You still hear any notifications you want to hear and you obviously can set all of that stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was a company called Hush. That uh, that is doing that. That's working cool. on it. Would you be able to listen to the Mac Geek Gab too? Uh, you could. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean they're they, right. It's yeah. it's it's Bluetooth earphones, right? But yeah. they've really worked on making them comfortable. So they say to you know, so that when you lay down, it doesn't feel weird to have these things in your ear and all that. So that you know, that was one of those. Just it's things like that. Things like there was a, a Bluetooth mouth guard from a company called FitGuard that I saw. Uh, should be out in September. Again, all of this is. Assuming the companies survive, <laughs> survive. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a product that they're selling yet. So it requires whatever their funding is. And, you know, there's lots of, of, of uh, catches there, but what they're doing, it's a hundred bucks and it's again, Bluetooth connected. It's got a zinc battery in it. Uh, so that if in fact you ever were to swallow the battery, it's not poisonous. <laughs> Well, this is an yeah. important thing. Listen, you're putting Let's a battery in your mouth, you know, yeah. yeah, and you're going to get hit, right? <laughs> so it's for kids to use, um, mainly targeted at youth sports. Hundred bucks for the the uh, mouth guard, the, um, the 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 a charger. It's an induction charger, and and a case for the thing. And you know that's not that much more. You, I mean, we pay like thirty bucks or forty bucks for a, a decent mouth guard for our son. So, you know, to pay a hundred and what this mouth guard does is it measures impact, uh, both cumulatively and also per hit. And you can set a level where the thing will light up. So while the kid is out there on the football field or on the ice or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever game he or she is playing, uh, you know, kids don't typically self-report minor concussion symptoms. Uh, it's just how it goes. And so to be able to say, okay, well, when an impact like this happens, light up, that at least tells the coach, you got to, you know, eval this kid. He, he did take a real hit, you know, um, check this out. So I think it, it's pretty cool. And then of course you can download historical data from the thing and go nuts and examine over the course of a, you know, a season or even a game or, you know, whatever you want to do, things like that. Cool stuff. That's awesome. Know. Yeah. It, it's fun going out and, and seeing these things again, some of them, uh, many of them probably won't exist. I think those two will actually make it. They seem to be fairly stable f in terms of their funding, but uh, you know, who knows? Right. Um, and then the last one that I think will make it uh, that again, falls into this. You can't quite get it now thing. It's called smart wheels, John. It's like a segue, but it has no, I saw you, uh, I saw you trucking on it. You uh, posted many pictures. Thank you so much. But yeah, I saw you boogieing around on, I guess there's a, a short training period where you got to kind of like a segue where you got to understand how to work it. And then uh, it looks like you were just zooming, zooming down the hallways there. You saw my short training period 
Um, I, I think I had been on it for about four seconds by the time Jeff uh, started filming. But uh, but yeah, you stand on this thing and 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 you just sort of lean uh, your toes forward and it moves forward or backwards and it stops and it's um, it, it's pretty cool. But it's twelve hundred bucks, so like a third the price of a Segway, twenty two pounds. So you could even travel with this thing. You could right. You could put it in carry on luggage. Sure. Right. It so it's going to fit in the overhead, sir. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, you could, you could, uh, we could let the flight attendants use yeah. it to get up and down the aisle. Oh, that'd be good. Right. Like that. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be good. Well, anyway, no, so the thing I saw, Dave, and may, yeah. maybe next year, um, maybe I'll join you at CES. Um, Do you like traveling, suffering, sir? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, know. I think I could offset the suffering with, uh, if I can understand how, to, and, and it looks like, you know, the, the team that was out there, uh, I think there were four, four of you, right? Three. Um, but, uh, three, but uh, you know, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You, you got to figure out how to manage your time or Correct. otherwise, you know, you're lost. But Correct. Um, the one thing I saw is that uh, travel, uh, you know, compared to where we've been before, like San Francisco or Manhattan travel in Vegas to me is a big pain in the neck. Oh, yeah. And I, I think you've seen this is that they, they've actually, I think banned Uber and Lyft and other services like that. Cause they have a big cabby lobby. So getting around is, and, and the monorail only goes to certain places. So getting around is more difficult than I think it needs to be. Well, especially when Vegas is that crowded, right? The, the issue with CES is, is 175,000 people came to town this year, which I think depending on who you talk to, it's either CES or the Super Bowl is the biggest uh, mm. influx of people into, into Vegas and new year's Eve is right up there. So, you know, Vegas is reeling from new Year's. CES starts. It, it's, um, but yeah, you know, it, at the wrong time of day, a cab line could be two hours long. Uh, and, and like you said, John, that's, that's it. And you know, in Vegas, you can only hail a cab at a cab stop. You can't hail a cab on the street. And, and there's all kinds of rules about that. And, and some of them are, like you said, just, you know, because the lobby controls things, but also some of them it makes sense based on the flow of, of people. But yeah, it's, it's difficult. We, we stayed at a hotel that was close enough that we could walk to the, to most mm -hmm. of the convention center and that helps, but it's still, you know, it's a long walk. Everything's a long walk in Vegas, but yeah, it's, it's worth it. It's, <laughs> and then know. as you pointed out too, casinos aren't necessarily designed for you to get through them easily. <laughs> No, in fact, they are specifically designed with with to slow your wallet down. Yeah, to make you so confused, you just want to stay. Um, so anyway, you know, it's all good stuff. I want to uh, I want to talk about our first sponsor here, John, and uh, and then I want to get into some questions. But our first sponsor today is Linda L Y N D A dot com slash M G G is the link you'll go to to get to ten days free worth of Linda's free access to Linda's training. And, and this is exactly what you get for 10 days is exactly what you would get if you signed up and, and paid for an account and paying for an account starts at 25 bucks a month. And these courses at Linda are fantastic. And, and you get unlimited access for 10 days at this lynda.com, lynda.com slash MGG. You can view on your Mac, uh, you can view your Windows machine right there in a web browser. You can view, they have apps for iOS or your iPhone or your, your iPad or your Android tablet. They've got all that stuff. They're adding new courses all the time. 
And these courses can be about anything. Uh, you know, we're geeks here. So certainly things like you want to learn about iPhoto or Aperture or Lightroom or Photoshop, right? That kind of stuff is there. You want to learn how to program. You want to learn uh, Objective-C. You want to learn JavaScript. All that stuff is there. You want to learn just they have courses about iOS 8, right? And you could just learn about iOS 8 or OS 10 Yosemite. They've got all that stuff there. But they also have things that makes sense to us and maybe are things that we don't know anything about, like, you know, finance, you want to learn how to invest. Well, they've got courses about that and that, nothing wrong with needing to learn about that. In fact, that's a good thing to learn about. Uh, you want to learn about how to manage QuickBooks? Sure. There you go. They've got it right there. And these courses aren't just, you know, some dude with a webcam putting it on YouTube, right? These are serious professional courses taught by people that really know this stuff. It, I mean, it's really good stuff. Uh, they have a, an entire, ch you know, chapter outline for the course. They have everything is transcribed. So you could actually follow like sing along with Mitch. You could follow along with the uh with the person, which is helpful if they, if they say something and you're like, wait, what was that word? Well, you can read it. They've got it right there. Um, you can stop anytime. You can, you know, pause the course so that you've got the ability to practice something or even just go get a sandwich. Right. So it's much better than taking a class in person in that way. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, as I said, they're broken out into chapters. You can have it auto flow from one chapter to the other. So you just kind of cook through the course or you can have it pause at the end of each chapter so that you do have a time to kind of digest what's gone on, practice a little bit again, maybe get a drink, come back. Good to go. So uh, you got to check this out. Linda, L Y N D a dot com slash M G G is where you go. 10 days free access to everything I just mentioned and so much more. Uh, you know, if maybe uh, maybe you you want to improve your your skills for your job, right? Maybe there's a a promotion that's sort of out of your reach because you don't quite have the skill set to do it. Linda can do this for you, and again, ten days free that they've given us to give to you, and then after that, it's twenty five bucks a month. I mean, it's just uh, it's a it's a it's a great price for a fantastic inv investment. So check them out, please. Linda l y n d a dot com slash m g g. And, uh, and we appreciate it. And so do they, hopefully you will too. All right, John, let's see how my voice does today. We will, uh, well, you know, we have some, uh, we have, we got a, it's, it's a trashy day, I think. And, uh, are so you going to be trash talking? Um, we're going to talk. <laughs> it's geeks. We're going to be trash talking. Trash talking geeks is what it is. That's right. Uh, I think that's the title for the episode. I think so. You know, it is a, it is five thirty five. of course is yet another palindromic episode, but, uh, but I like trash talking geeks. That's good. Yes. <laughs> my back, my MacBook air is better than yours. Uh, <laughs> why I ought to, <laughs> you think you can crunch that video. <laughs> but people have problem with the trash, Dave. You, you would think this is something simple, but it's not. No, Mark writes out with, uh, yeah. Mark writes, he says, I'm having an issue in Apple Mail on my Mac. I have my email account set up as IMAP accounts. Everything seems to be working fine. I can send and retrieve my mail on all my OS X and iOS devices. But on the OS X device, when I delete an email by simply selecting it and clicking on the delete little trash can icon, the email either returns to my inbox within seconds or certainly returns the next time I open mail. Any ideas on how to fix this? Yeah, so... 
One thing to understand with IMAP, and I know we talk about this a lot, but it is an important fundamental uh, uh, tenet and, and of the way IMAP works is your Mac is simply a client uh, for the server, right? And whatever you, the server shows is what your Mac is going to show. And, and in theory, vice versa. So if you, if you do an action on your Mac, for example, you take a message and read it, it changes that flag on the message from unread to read. And then that flag should be reflected on the server so that any other clients connecting also see that it's a great little system, except when it doesn't work. Trashing a message is no different than filing a message in another folder. In fact, that's exactly what happens when you trash a message. It moves the message to another folder. However, if Apple mail is looking to move the message to a folder that doesn't exist, it cannot move the message. It doesn't just magically know what the trash is. Sometimes it, it can guess when you set up a new mail account, but for the most part, no, uh, it doesn't. So you, you might have to tell it. And the way you do this is highlight your, your, that particular IMAP accounts, trash or deleted items, mailbox, go up to the mailbox menu and choose at the bottom, use this mailbox for, and then choose trash mailbox. You'll see there's about five things here. Inbox, sent, drafts, trash, right? That's where you set all of the, oh, and archive. Uh, that, that's the five that you can configure. And yes, you can configure these specifically. So it, it, you might see sometimes, so hopefully that solves the trash problem. I have seen it where OS 10 mail wants to label the trash mailbox as deleted items, but the server calls it trash. You might wind up with two trash mailboxes. Well, this is where you would sync that up and say, no, no, use this as the trash mailbox. And, uh, and hopefully that solves it for you. So that's, uh, that's what I got on that one. And John, if you have, if you have more, take it. Otherwise uh, take it to Joseph. Uh, I'm taking it to Joseph and Joseph has one where I learned something, Dave. And I thought I knew everything about Unix and flags <laughs> and files and stuff, but I didn't. It's, it's, he there's, there's never a way for us to know everything. And we almost you know, go to Linda.com. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> the place to learn. Actually, you know what? You and can I'm take wondering a course if Linda.com, <laughs> well, I'm wondering if Linda.com covers this. We'll, we'll have to see or I'll, um, I'll see if I can find a Unix course, Dave. Yep. But I think this is a Unix thing. So Joseph wrote in and said, hey guys, happy new year. Yes. Happy new year. <laughs> So I'm having this issue with my trash on my 2013 MacBook Pro running Yosemite. Normally when I have things in my trash that for whatever reason won't empty, I fire up the terminal and run these commands, which always work. And the commands are sudo space rm space dash rf, which is recursive and force. And rm, of course, being a remove. And then uh, he's saying tilde space, I'm sorry, tilde slash dot trash and then another one that the uh, slight variation, but basically for the most part, that should work almost all the time, Dave, because sudo tells the OS, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm the admin or I'm giving you special permission and I'm going to give you my root password or administrator password to let, to allow you to do this. Cause a lot of commands, especially remove and especially remove dash RF is a potentially devastating command because it gets rid of everything. So they want to make sure that you, uh, you're the right person, uh, the administrator. But he said this time he had an external backup drive 
And he tried to do this, and he had a crash plan backup on there, along with some other stuff. And for whatever reason, he tried, um, I think I can get rid of the rest of what he said here, but basically he had a, uh, something in the trash that he couldn't get rid of. And that he tried, sudo, space rm, space dash rf. He tried the commands that uh, would almost, in all cases, work for him, and he got back an error, operation not permitted. And you may be thinking, huh? Because how can you, how can you overrule pseudo RM dash RF, Dave? I mean, I thought you couldn't, but it turns out you can. So this is what I learned is that in Unix, so there is a flag that you can set. And I believe crash plan, which is the program that I guess put this in the trash, set this flag for whatever reason. And maybe it's a good reason, but there is a flag. So, the long answer, just to get in the technical nitty gritty and be geeky, because that's what we do, Dave. It is what we do. Is that you can is that you can set a flag on I think a file or directory, um, that's called no change. And apparently, if a directory or file has the no change flag set, that overrules RM. Even if you say RM force, this says ah, 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 ah. so. There are two ways to get around this, Dave. So the long answer is you could do a, and I found an article that talks about this. So the long answer and, and the complicated geeky answer is you could do ch flags space no uchg, which means no unchanged, and then the directory you're filing question. And that should then let you get rid of it. Or a quicker thing, and I'm, I suppose that they do this at a lower level. And I think we mentioned this in the past, Dave, but and we, it, it was fi- a funny coincidence because somebody... Um, in another email message said, hey, you know, there's this utility that uh, you guys may want to check out that helps you get rid of things. And it's called Trash It. Yep. And yeah, I love certain, Trash What it. Trash It does, among other things, is I'm sure at some level, Trash It will do this CH flags, no UCHG thing to help you get rid of things. And you can find it at www.nonamedscriptware.com. Yep. Yeah, trash it's awesome. The feedback we got was that did it. That that helped me. So I, I've I've never seen a file or directory get in this odd state, Dave. But I know that if if this ever happens and it says operation not permitted, I'm gonna get get trash it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I I leave it. I've had it on since we first mentioned it and cool stuff found. However long ago that was, and I just it lives on my desktop. And whenever I have a problem, I just bang, and it makes life way easier. It is a good thing. I got to get that. I've been in, using the terminal commands. Yeah. In the chat room, uh, one of our listeners, John, mentions that you can also try, and this may or may not work depending on how, just how protected the, the file is. But one thing to try is instead of just doing empty trash in the finder, hold down the option key and do empty trash. And, uh, and that will do a, I believe that does a secure empty trash, right? Or it, right. Or it, 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 it overwrites locked files um, is, is typically what that does. So it, it's again, worth trying. Certainly, certainly, certainly. MacGeekGab.com slash stream is, uh, well, that's typically where the chat room is, isn't it? Um, all right. Let's, um, let's play a, uh, let's play this audio question here and we'll, we'll see where we, see where we wind up. Hey, Dave and John, hope you're having a good time out at uh, CES. And uh, I wanted to ask a question in the don't get caught category. 
I um, I'm calling on behalf of a friend, and he has go with that um, iTunes match, and has a bunch of personal movies that were burned into his iTunes library. And with iTunes match, if you have a a movie as such, it, it tries to upload it, realizes it doesn't have a match for it, and says this can't be uploaded, which is fine. Don't want it to be uploaded and shared. Um, but now, does Apple have a record of your burned movie collection uh, that's either residing on their servers, et cetera, or at least um, knowing what's in your library? So if uh, the bad guys ever come knocking or, or subpoenaing, um, know about your movie collection now, and is it a good idea to go away from iTunes Match then and cancel the subscription so that you can keep your collection just within the confines of your own home? Uh, even though it's not being up- uploaded and shared, it's still uh, it's still showing the title and the name of the movies um, as just not available. So I don't know how all that process works. So uh, if you could kind of have a conversation on that, I, I think that would be a good one to, to share with our listeners and, and get your feedback on that. So uh, that's where you cut me off if you uh, need to reach me. All right. We will, uh, we will cut you off and leave it there. Uh, yeah. So it, this is an interesting thing. Just for clarity, it's not iTunes Match that does this. iTunes Match is for music files only uh, and has nothing to do with video. This is something that Apple calls iTunes in the cloud, which is effectively the same thing. But you don't need uh, you don't need an iTunes Match subscription to take advantage of this, at least not as I've seen what it's for is if you have movies in your iTunes library that you've purchased, it will sync them with copies that iTunes has. It will essentially say, ah, yeah, you've got this. And then if you're out and about, uh, you can go and download a copy of that movie, assuming it's still available in iTunes and, you know, movie rights change all the time for things like that. But, uh, but it allows you to, you know, if you're traveling, you want to download a movie that you bought to your iPad. No problem. Mostly it's for movies that you've bought from the Apple store, from the iTunes store. Sorry. However, as you found, it will try to match things that you have in your library. And sometimes it will do so. Uh, Even with movies that maybe you acquired via not quite obvious means, certainly means that didn't come from the iTunes store. And yes, it does mean that Apple has a list of all of these movies. That's how that works. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you kind of have to decide for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I I have no legal advice about that. It, it because you could have gotten these movies via various via means that all find it find their way into various stages of 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 various shades of gray. Right? If you bought the DVD and then used something like Handbrake or or you know anything uh, similar to rip it into iTunes. That's one piece of gray area, technically illegal because in order to do that, you've bypassed the copy protection on the DVD. Although that has never been challenged. Um, it kind of, kind of comes under the whole fair use thing. With, well, with what you've bought. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, but it hasn't been, it, 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 there, there are two pieces of law. And I don't that, think they want to challenge that. Correct. Because they don't want to lose that. They don't want to lose that. That's right. So I, yeah. I think in that sense, you're probably fine. But again, you know, we're, 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 we only play lawyers on a podcast. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, 
and, and we're bad ones, really, really bad ones. So uh, I, I don't recommend you listen to any of our legal advice. But but on that one, I think I would feel comfortable saying, yeah, OK, fine. But if you also have some movies that you didn't buy and you went out and, you know, used BitTorrent to download and put them in your library, uh, there's not you know, that's more like charcoal gray at that point. And and it's it's more like black and white that you don't have the rights to this movie. So do you want Apple to know and anyone that might be able to get information from Apple to know that you have these again? I don't the answer would be no, but I don't know that anyone is going to care. I mean, I, I think you might get away with it. But as you said, it is a don't get caught scenario. Uh, because if you do get caught, it, you don't really have a leg to stand on in that in that case. So, uh. hey, can I offer an observation though? It's just, of course, it's just that uh, in a case like this, like you said, I, and he hit he hit his uh, topic on this with with the word sharing, and it's once you share, that's when you're creating damages to these companies that that they're going to get crossways with you over yep. more than it. it's just not worth them to go after dave hamilton for ripping his dvds so he can watch them on his ipad that's correct but if dave hamilton's running torrent servers or you know sharing his movies out there yep. to the general public then you're financially damaging them and they're going to put a stop to it that's uh, right and that's my humble opinion speaking it, of bad lawyers uh, uh, this is and this what what we're talking about with itunes in the cloud is not a sharing right, setup right. right it's it's more saying yep We've done whatever cursory check we do, and we've determined that you have this movie so you can share it with yourself. But that's it. It's not letting you share it with other people. So, again, I, you know, I, my guess is you would never get caught for this, but that doesn't mean it's not wrong. Or that you won't. Or that you won't. <laughs> or that I'm not wrong. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Any well, thoughts? Me, it depends Go ahead, on the John. scope. Yeah. It depends on the scope of sharing. If you're sharing with yourself or within your household, then I'm cool. If you're sharing with the world, then yes, I agree with you. That's, that's naughtiness. And that's, uh, it's not cool. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I, and I think as you said, the law is uh, fuzzy on this, but sharing within your household or transcoding your media to me is a perfectly legitimate expectation of you as a consumer. And I don't see anything wrong with that, but sharing with someone who has not purchased a license, that to me is, is bad. And that's taking money away from the the people that create the content. So, uh, you know, it depends on what your intent is. I'll be honest. I, I have actually used uh, BitTorrent to get copies of movies that I own because it's easier than ripping them. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to watch a movie on my iPad, it's actually way faster for me to just bit, download it yeah. from BitTorrent and put it on my iPad. And to me, I, I see that, uh, again, we're not lawyers, but to me, I see that as a legitimate um, uh, use because you already have a license. You've already purchased it, right? right? Yeah, yes, so I agree with it you. In a, in a different format, to me, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Morally, I feel, I feel do. right. I, legally. Yeah, morally, I agree with you. Yeah. But if you just downloaded it without purchasing it, then yes, then I would, I would, I would wag my finger at you because that, that's naughtiness. It is naughty. That's right. It's just naughty, but you know, here's the, here's the flip side of that. It, and it's the same thing we saw with Napster and all that other stuff is it. The movie companies do not want to give us uh, DRM or copy protection free movies. And I would be willing to buy them with copy protection free, but it sucks. I mean, I can't like from iTunes, I can't buy a movie. 
because I want to be able to put it on all my devices and have the freedom to do that the way I want. I want to have it on my Synology. I want to have it in, you know, everywhere that I use. So I have to buy DVDs in order to do that because I do have a method of ripping DVDs. I don't have a reliable method of, you know, breaking the copy protection on iTunes movies. Maybe there is one. I, I haven't looked for it. Mm-hmm. So. And it goes back to it hurts the people who are going to play by the rules anyway, and the people who can get around the DRM are going just going to do it. So right, you know, I mean, it just and, and they're spending all kinds of money, time, and effort that seems to me could be spent elsewhere. Yeah, better, yeah. better spent elsewhere. Yeah. Anyway, my humble opinion. Yeah, That's- like making good movies. Like yeah, yeah, or even making you know crummy movies that people want to watch. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Because to, to lead out here, the only my frustration is that stuff that I have purchased, it infuriates me when I have to fast forward through um, five, six, seven previews for something that I've purchased or someone has purchased for me. It's like, wait a second, I, and, I thought and then that you I don't have to see ads. <laughs> now, now you know certain titles like Disney and a few others, they make it easy. They're like, oh yeah, hit fast forward or or just say skip the previews. But right. but uh, items that force you to watch previews. Especially for something that you've purchased. Well, see, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna guys. argue with you there. Depends whether it's subsidizing it. Correct. Yeah. If the if the price that you paid is subsidized by those previews, then absolutely okay. they have the right to force you to watch the, watch those. Just like uh we have the 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 right to expect you to listen to the ads that we put into this show, right? Just like mm-hmm. we have the right to expect that you view the ads that we place alongside the content at uh at mac observer right i mean it that is the the cost uh and that's how that's just how that works i, I don't suppose it it I, I can tell you that that's how it works at mac observer and a mac geek Cab. I right can't it just presume. gets me is that a book can't force me to read previews of other books correct <laughs> they would if they you know? could <laughs> Co- correct <laughs> i'm sure they would yeah. yeah and sometimes i've gotten books that have a short preview of another title and sure. like okay but but at least i could skip it if i want to easily yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i go to page one and i start reading right right all right it's a, it's but it's an interesting discussion right because you know trying to force a model onto people that aren't interested in receiving it that way creates um uh, you, you know a little bit of headbutting between the people who want to buy content and the people who want to create it. And, right. and yes, there needs to be some kind of, you know, financial arrangement or, or, or quid pro quo there. But, um, but it, but we're, you know, we're, so, we're in such the early stages of all of this. I mean, but, you know, podcasting has been around for 10 years. The web's been around for you know 20. Um, it's still so early. I, yeah, I see John's frustration, though, because it. it's a matter of respect and talent in the way you approach your audience. You know, Correct. as you talk about, there are, I think one week, two weeks ago, you called it a sponsored segment. And I went, that's even, that's better than an ad because it's a segment and you're talking about something sure. that people that listen to this show are going to be interested in receiving. Um, and you're not cramming it down their throats like some very intrusive ads that pop up or, sure. pop, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, they can skip over it if I, they want to. But generally speaking, you know, my my biggest gripe with the ads in this show and many podcasts are the fact that they cost me money. Right. Now I go, <laughs> Which means they're relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. So, it's again, it's the talent and the art and all that. But don't cram it down my throat. Sure. Put, put yeah. it there. Make it available to me. And, it, that, and, and when done respectfully like that, I think it's far more effective anyway. And, we'll and to be fair, I have no problem if if you folks want to skip past the uh, 
the, you know, the ads, uh, what, what I've heard from a lot of listeners is the first time they hear a sponsor on the show, uh, they'll listen to it. Or if it's a new product from that sponsor, they'll listen. But if it sounds like it's going to be the same thing, they just skip through. And that's why, uh, we've always had Michael Johnston who thankfully does our AACs for us, uh, and, and adds all the chapters. He adds separate chapters for the ads. Um, and we do that intentionally so that you can just easily skip over it. If it, if it's something that you either, either already bought mm-hmm. or, you know, don't, it's totally fine. Like you said, there's a respect level here. Sure. Yeah. And, and I yeah. know right. uh, without mentioning anybody by name, there are people who have approached you about advertising and you said, y- y- no, thanks. You don't, yeah, no, thanks. Absolutely. You don't match up with, you don't approach your audience the way we want to approach the audience. That's it. All right. Let's, um, Let's move on. Rat, here. rat hole. Uh, yeah, it's a good rat hole, though. <laughs> deep rat hole. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. All right. Um, very quickly, uh, kind of back to iTunes match here. Paul wrote in and said he's got a problem where he can't download. He's got eight thousand songs in iTunes match, but only five hundred of them are available for download or are available locally on his phone. He wants to download the remaining, you know, seventy five hundred songs. How do you do this? And the, uh, you know, it can be a a time consuming process. As I mentioned, when I got back from that cruise, when I had my phone trying to download, what about 3000 songs? Uh, It can be a real pain in the neck. The solution is to, you want to sync them locally from the, from your computer, but you can't do that. If iTunes matches is enabled on your phone, iTunes just won't let you. So what you do is you, disable iTunes match on your phone. You go into settings, go to music, you turn off iTunes match. Then you connect your phone to your computer, either wired or wireless. However, you've, you've got that and sync all the music that you want from iTunes. Copy it all over. It's it'll take however long it takes. It'll do it. USB or Wi-Fi. Let it finish sync again, just to make sure it's got all the crumbs and everything's good. Cause iTunes is wonky like that. Then go in and turn on iTunes match in that same area of the settings. It will warn you. It'll warn you in a big way that it's about to delete all the music on your phone. That's not true. It will delete the music that's on your phone that is not in your iTunes match library, but it will match it up first. And if the stuff exists on your phone, it will leave it on your phone. Uh, And I can I can say that from personal experience. So that's the way to that's the way to get all your stuff there is is turn off iTunes match, do it, then turn it back on and um, heed the warning, be aware of the warning, but but don't worry about it if uh, if you've got all your songs in there so that's how that works speaking of uh of sponsors i want to talk about our second sponsor for this show which is uh the folks at digidna imazing is the app i-m-a-z-i-n-g dot com and uh and so imazing is the the new name for a venerable piece of software fantastic piece of software called disc aid. Imazing was created because uh, iTunes lacks a lot of functionality. And, and so if you want to really take control of how your music, your apps, your backups, your contacts, and all of that stuff are managed by your, um, by your phone, do it with Imazing. It's the totally the way to go. In fact, you could solve Paul's problem with this and move music manually onto your phone uh, without using, you know, the iTunes and the crazy iTunes match setup and all of that stuff. Uh, it works really, really well. I use it all the time when I create uh, 
audio messages, you know, voice memos, and I want to copy them off. I just copy them off with iMazing. That way you don't have to deal with iTunes and it, you know, it's got all this overhead and it's trying to sync and all that stuff. You can, uh, you can add music and playlists to any iOS device from any Mac or PC. You don't have to do uh, iTunes sync or anything like that. It's now got a backup browser in it, which means you can go through it. You don't have to worry about losing your data. You can actually go through the backups that you've made with iTunes uh, and go through and restore the contents of your devices, even if the device is gone. So uh, it's built for both Yosemite and Windows 8.1 and works with iOS 8.1. Obviously, the you know, the new iPhone uh, 6 and 6 Plus and all the new iPad works with everything. You know, it's just it's fantastic. Uh, you want to manage your contacts with it. You want to manage uh, it, it, it. It's it's what iTunes for geeks should be, right? This is this is iTunes plus. It, it, it's the, how the management, the, the syncing portion, the phone management portion of iTunes should be allows you all kinds of granular control. And these guys are constantly updating the app, adding new things. Coupon code of MGG gets you 20 percent off at iMazing.com. So, uh, so that's, that's a big savings right there. I highly recommend you go check it out. It is an app that John and I have been using. Like I said, it used to be called disc aid. John and I've been uh, both using it for a long time. We've mentioned it in this show. Uh, it's just got a new name. Amazing is it. Amazing.com. If you had purchased disc aid in the past, you can upgrade potentially for free or at worst for only eight bucks. Go to amazing.com slash disc aid. And uh, check your eligibility to see which way uh, which way it falls for you. But that's a heck of a deal right there. And then you get all the all the latest features and everything. So check it out. Imazing.com. Use that coupon code MGG. Not only does it get you 20 percent off, but that's uh, that's your way of telling them that we sent you there. And uh, as always, we appreciate you doing that. So check it out. Imazing.com. Coupon code MGG. All right, John, you want to take us to. uh, we got a little, well, we had an interesting question that really just turned into a public service announcement here. You want to take us to Todd? I think I will take you to Todd. Sweet. No, I don't think I will. I will. Even better. So Todd, um, this is actually an interesting lesson because it's, uh, uh, I've, I've seen this happen a lot here. So uh, correlation is not causality, I guess could be the lesson here, or at least the, the way a good he lesson. led into it. And I don't, I don't blame him. Right. So he said, hi, guys, I'm not sure if these items are related. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> but I just upgraded my internal SSD in a Retina MacBook Pro 2012 13-inch from a 256 to a 480. All right. So there he's obviously offering, well, I did this, and now this is happening. And what's happening? He's running Aperture, and he can't see his images. And he showed me a screenshot. Now, the thing is with Aperture, or at least specifically with Aperture, and he's organizing his uh, photos and projects, which uh, to me is the uh, best way to organize your stuff. But basically, he would click on a project, and then in the upper right-hand corner of um, Aperture are a number of ways to you are a number of ways to view your photos. There's a browser view, a split view, a viewer view, and he did the split view. And what the split view shows you is on the bottom of the screen. It shows you what I'm going to call a preview, which is kind of a baby version of your photo. And then in the upper portion of the window shows you or should show you a larger version of your photo. 
and it's a it's a nice view to help you organize and and kind of grok your stuff and and process it uh, effectively because you're you're getting two views. The thing is, he was not seeing anything in the upper window portion, and I'm like, well, that ain't right. And <laughs> that I've never ever had that happen before. And so I was going to go down the whole path and he went partway down the path. So the thing is, there is a repair option. I'm just going to mention this quickly and then move on to the solution. But um, if you are having problems with either Aperture or iPhoto, if you launch either one of the programs and you hold down both option and command, um, you will get an option that is called, I, I think, photo repair. And it gives you a number of options to repair your your library. And he had already done that. Good, because he, he listens to us and he, he <laughs> knows what to do. As it turns out, though, we got a follow-up, and that's why I'm going to say correlation is not causality, is that it was not his upgrading to uh, a newer SSD, because that just seems kind of weird. I mean, you know, unless data was lost. Um, apparently, he's also running this thing, which I had not heard of, Dave, uh, or you, I haven't used. You had. You probably heard of it. Well, we talked about it okay, here. But, but, I, but I haven't used it. Yeah, right. but, but I hadn't used it. But he is, and he's using a utility called Duet. And apparently what Duet does is um, uh, Duet lets you uh, extend your uh, view from your Mac onto an iOS device. It lets you use use your iPad as a secondary display. That's right. And turns out Duet causes some issues with Aperture. He uninstalled it. So and and the problem went away. Right. So let let this be a PSA public service announcement that uh, if you're oops it right. If you're having an issue with. With Duet, uh, or sorry, if you're having this issue with Aperture, uh, don't drive yourself crazy trying to troubleshoot it. Just uninstall Duet. It's I don't know if this also is an issue with things like, uh, oh, is it AirPair? I can't remember the name of the. There's a couple of pieces of software that that will do this and let you Air use Display. It. Thank you, Air Display. I don't know if this is an issue with Air Display. I don't know if they use the same tech to do it right, but it's worth noting. That there is this issue, certainly between Duet and Aperture, at least for Todd. So bear that in mind. Let that be your first step on your troubleshooting journey. Okay. But he had he had enough of an instinct to say, what else have I done to my system lately? And I guess one thing was, hey, I installed Duet. That's the trick. That's right. So yeah. part of the troubleshooting process, again, he only indicated to us part of what he had done. Sure. What would he have changed recently, which was upgrading his SSD, but he didn't mention to us, nor did I really expect him to. Right. <laughs> but it is, uh, but, but he figured it out. He's like, gee, do I have anything display related? And right. I guess that's where he, uh, he stumbled across the solution. So yeah. uh, nice work there. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, right? Yeah. That it, it's, there's always that question, uh, you know, and I remember this from my consulting days, my, you know, that someone would say, I didn't do anything. And my computer started acting weird. Like, well, Okay, it, you know, sometimes it's possible that, you know, you have a component go bad or, or something like that. But chances are you actually did do something. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I felt like I was some kind of, a, you know, private investigator where I had, I, had, I had to do the detective work. So, okay, you know, I'd back them off from it and we'd start talking about what else. I'm, I'm like tinkering around with the computer. I'm not actually doing anything because... There's nothing to do yet until I know what they've done. And it's like, oh, yeah. Hey, have you seen this? Have you done that? You know, did you install this? No, but you know what? I did install this other thing. Ah, OK, we'll go check it out. You know what? That's uh, believe it or not. That's what caused your problem. Oh, I had no idea. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, I had. Uh, were you muted or are you just too far away from the mic? How about now? Huh? I got nothing from Pilot Pete. 
Huh. I can't hear Pete. It sounds like he's far, far away. It does. Far away. It does sound like he's far, far away. Did he pull his cable out? We were we were having some cable issues before. Uh, we were, but uh, let me turn this one all the way up. Later. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Let's. Uh, did channel one on this board finally die? What do we got there, hmm. Pete? Anything? Two, test, test. Nothing. Test, nothing. Deader in a doornail. Yeah. I'll all right. Here and be quiet. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm going to tell you to do, Pete, is run over there. No, no, no. Grab that. See that that um, on top of the next to the symbols, there's a little bag there. Try a different microphone. Right. I don't think that's your issue, okay. but uh, but we will try that. So, huh? Yeah, Fascinating. Mute me. That'll help. Am I yeah. hearing him through your mic? Dave? You are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. I've got massive compression on this mic, so it picks up, you know, loud enough sounds in the room. But uh, I don't think we have a bad microphone with Pilot Pete, but... Uh, but we're willing to uh, willing to entertain that for a moment here. Let's see what we get um, while we're while Pete's doing that, and uh, which is really I think a fool's errand at this point. I think it's a a bad um, port on the board, but I, it's not something I can fix easily because I only have four XLR. No, I got nothing. Um, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I know, but we're not we're not getting anything. For, I could I could tell you if we were. I'll just sit here and be quiet. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what's really interesting is I'm seeing you register. You know what I'm going to do? Give us, give us uh, one moment, please. All right, we're back. I think it was a little dust in a button, right? You back with us? Pete. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> he's, he's messing around with us. Okay. I was moving my lips, but wasn't making any sound just to mess with Dave's head. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Who's your buddy? Yeah. Uh, good. Perfect. Awesome. Where were we? Are we we all set? We ready to move on to Stephen John? I think we are, right? Mm, sure, I think so. Okay, he says I'm having a problem with login items on my MacBook Air. If I check off a program to begin its startup, such as Fantastical, Meteorologist, etc., the program usually starts the next time I turn on my computer, but eventually does not start up. I went to System Preferences and put these in the login items section. When I look after a few reboots, some of these are no longer in the list of login items. I can't find a solution to this. The only thing I can think of is to set up a new admin account, although I have never done that before. So it sounds like something is changing the login items P list, which is where these are stored on your Mac without you knowing. Or it could be that the login items P list is corrupt and changes to it aren't properly being saved. Uh there's there's a couple of things that that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna mention here. Startupizer is an app that actually lets you manage the uh, the login items on your Mac, and that may be uh, that may be something that at least lets you see what's going on with uh, with this. Uh, and so we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, but I'm not sure that's going to help solve it. The new version of Drive Genius will let you know when login items and launch items have changed. And that might help, but I'm not convinced that Drive Genius is watching these login items. I think it's just watching the launch demons and the uh, and the launch items folder or the startup items folder. So it may not be these things that are there. I, I don't huh. know. Um I, you know, it's, it's the new version of drive genius is pretty, pretty brand new. And I haven't tested it with that. There used to be something you could set up a, a, a folder action 
on the yes, on the, you can, and I found that you tape. did. Okay, yeah, per your request. So, yes, and it's our pal Toffer Kessler oh, did okay. a little ditty for CNET back yeah. in 2012. But as far as I can tell, it applies to this day. And so, what it does is this article instructs you how to create a folder action that uh, basically. So, folder actions are are pretty powerful, but you, you know you got to dig underneath the covers there but basically uh you can set up a folder action to say hey if somebody adds something to this let me know and that's basically what this article tells you how to do and then you can specify the folder or folders and as you pointed out dave um we're not sure yet if the new drive genius drive genius 4 which so far i think is pretty slick um it adds some new features i think it took some away but i think for the most part i'm pretty happy with the uh, the upgrades they made um but, but that's see that's the thing is folder you're we're talking about monitoring folders here and for login yes. items it is not a folder it is a single file it's a home, no i understand that right so and i don't article i don't think that article is going to point us to it's just talking about folders you can't monitor a plist file that way right well no but you can monitor well i think you can so the thing is there are a number of folders that have to do with items that are run when your Mac starts up. So there are launch agents, launch daemons, and startup items is the other one. And they're in both your system level and user level directory. And this article instructs you how you can select all of those. Right. But, and I'm going to check this now. I'll say this one last time because I feel like somehow I'm not getting my point across. But... Okay. Log it. The things that show up in login items in system preferences, I don't think they're stored as individual files in a folder. I think they are stored in home library preferences under com Apple login items. Right. I'm sorry. All right. Right. Login items and what I'm talking about, which are P list files, are, yes, are absolutely two different things. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's. But they're all things that happen when your system starts up. Correct. But they're in but, different places. But the issue that Steven's talking about here yes. is, is not those full, right? So I don't think these folder actions or even drive geniuses thing are going to help, but maybe drive geniuses thing is. So it's it, th- but that's the, that's the file you want to look at is home library com dot apple dot login items dot P list. Uh, it's possible this file's corrupted pre-show Pete, you, you asked me, well, I, could- I did have a question cause I, I saw you wrote back and then I said, the question that came up in my mind in your answer was, is it just safe to delete that potentially corrupted P list file and let the system rebuild it? You know what? I would answer was maybe I think, and I, I I stick with, I stick with maybe leaning far toward the yes side of things. Uh, I would move it. Not, I wouldn't delete it. There you go. I'd move it out of uh, the preferences folder. I'd quit everything first, move it out of the preferences folder and immediately reboot. And, uh, and, you know, you've got it on your desktop if you need it. Uh, sure. But I don't think, I think it will recreate it. And that might be the answer. And, uh, and these, this file is not all that difficult to look at. In fact, you can, you can uh, quick view it with, uh, with just by hitting the space bar. And you can see it's kind of organized in a very hierarchical way. And you'll see that things like, you know, what you're looking for is the, the name string, um, which is at the end of each section and and there's a section for each thing that's going to be listed there. So you're going to find Dropbox and iTunes helper and text expander. These are the ones I'm finding, right? You know, crash plan menu bar, 
those types of things. And so, you know, that if you've, you've pulled these out, you might want to go and re-add those back in. Um, but that would be my, I, I, my guess is, especially now that we're talking about it, I'm feeling like it's a corrupted P list file, unless something else is changing this file. And that's, that would be the only concern is that you've got something constantly writing to or, or replacing or restoring this file. That's not a good thing, right? I don't know. That's pretty crazy. Any more thoughts on this, John, before we, uh, before we move no. on? No, the thing I mentioned was a sideline, but I think it's an important. Oh, one. it so is. Some, some programs modify, will add, and I've seen this. You, you and I have both seen this. Some programs, you, you know, you give them the permission, but they change your login items, but they also change these other important locations right. uh, or both. To, to do what they need to do when your system starts up. So, right. uh, so right. it's good to look at, at all of those, but no. yeah, I, my guess would be, it is, it does sound like, I mean, if, if things aren't taking hold then yeah, to me, it's a, you know, if something's not taking hold, it's a permissions issue. That right? that's kind of my feeling. Yeah. Or permissions. It's an inability to, to write to that file. Right. And so that's either, like you said, permissions or corruption or something is, backing out those changes and it's possible right i mean if you've if you've hardened your being yosemite right yeah right well there could be that but if you've hardened your system in some way that that you know this file is either not modified if you've got the the immutable flag set right the no change flag then this file's unchangeable Mm -hmm. right like we talked about earlier or if you've got something that every time you boot up, it replaces this file with a known good copy. Yeah, but he says it works the first time and then it, then it well, changes. See, so. that's why I'm thinking yeah. maybe there's some, he's got oh, some okay. weird flag or yeah. weird, weird utility that says, oh, nope, let's put this copy put it back, back where you want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Computers <laughs> do what exactly we, where you said you wanted it. Yeah. Computers do what we tell them. The, the trick is we don't always tell them the right things or even more so we don't remember what we've told them. But one thing that you can use, uh, our third sponsor here is squarespace.com slash MGG. And you could use Squarespace to uh, to you could actually create a little log for yourself right there about things you do to your computer. Right. And uh, because Squarespace lets you host your own website, you don't have to know anything. The only thing you need to know, there are two things you need to know. Actually, there's three. So number one, you visit squarespace.com slash MGG. The second thing you need to know is what you want to put on the web, right? And, and your site could be your own personal log of changes you've made to your computer. That actually would be kind of interesting. I would, I would, you know, follow sites like that. What have you done? How have you done it? Then what are the, the repercussions of that? That would actually be kind of cool. So that's number two. You already know that. And number three is actually part of number one. You just remember the coupon code MGG because you're going to get 10% off when you make your first purchase, but you don't need that initially. Cause you don't even put in, you don't even put in your name at first. You just go and start creating your website. But when it's time to buy, you know, MGG is the, uh, is the coupon code to use. It gets you 10% off. Squarespace plans start at eight bucks a month. If you go for a full year, and here's the deal. If you're going to start a website, you're not going to be moving it every month to a different host. And again, that's it. Squarespace is your design platform as well as your, your web host. And it all happens on the web. So sign up for a year, get it for eight bucks a month minus 10%, right? So, you know, you're getting a heck of a deal doing it that way. And, uh, and again, you know, 
Squarespace makes it super simple. If you are a geek and you have even little snippets of HTML code or something that you want to put in, you can certainly do that. Squarespace has all the functionality that you'd want and all the facility to do that and all the flexibility. However, flexibility, facility, functionality, there's your three F's for you. Uh, but they don't require it. In fact, it works really well if you don't do anything like that and you just use one of their beautifully written templates. They test these things for months before they release them. They make them work on the Mac, Windows, obviously, Android, iOS, and they're all responsive, which means that whatever size device you're viewing it on, the template is perfectly sized for that device. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to have a different, you know, like my website. I don't have to have mobile dot or M dot Dave, the nerd.com. It's all just www.davethenerd.com and boom, that gets you there. And you can see me rant about hockey referees and people shutting down music sites and all kinds of things. If you, if you like that sort of thing, I, you probably rather read the, the, you know, the, the, the thing that we, we want Steven to start here, which is a blog for all of that. So for all of you know, logging all the things he does on his computer, that'd be interesting, probably far more interesting than my, than my blog, but you could, that's the beauty. You'd create whatever you want. Squarespace makes it easy. And if you know, you're in there maybe three or four months and you say, I, I like this template when I started with it, but now I see they've got something new. I want to move to that. You just move to it. All your content just flows right into their new templates. It's beautiful. Works really, really well. And they've got 24 seven support via live chat and email. Um, you, if you wanted to add something like e-commerce, you can do that too. They make it super easy. They've got integration with Google apps. They've got a partnership with Getty images. So if you don't have pictures, but you want to be able to pull things in, they've got access to them right there for you. Cover pages now so that you can have a beautiful opening page on your blog. And then in you go, you got to check this out. Squarespace.com slash MGG. Don't forget the coupon code MGG to get yourself 10% off. And of course, as always, that's their way of finding out that, uh, that we told you all about them. So we appreciate it, Squarespace, and we appreciate it from you, too. All right, John. I've been looking forward to this one with Charles here. So uh, let me find him. I haven't. You haven't, huh? Oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> How are we going to do this here? I'm out of tea. This is bad. Well, just because I've run into this, I ran into this problem. Yeah, which is having, we, uh, and the problem is here, your SSD is is puny. That's it. Yeah, that's basically. We've had several questions, in fact, this week about this. I'm I'm moving from a hard drive that's larger than the S. I'm moving to a new SSD that's smaller than the hard drive I came from. What What do I do? How do I manage my data? What's best to put on the SSD? What's best to put on an external hard drive? And I've been living this way for, for years on my main machine, right? I've got a 256 gig SSD and then a one terabyte drive inside. And uh, so here's my thoughts on this. Uh, on the SSD, I would definitely boot from it. There's no question. You know, you're going to get huge, huge performance gains by having your system not only boot from, but run from the SSD. I feel the same way about applications. Uh, put your applications on the SSD too. They launch uh, much faster that way. I also would put iPhoto library and iMovie library on the SSD. And the reason is that especially, especially the iPhoto library, uh, because or aperture or aperture. Oh yeah. Right. Of course. Uh, because there's lots of small little files, all these thumbnails and indexes, and it just runs faster because the SSD is built to deal with lots of small files. Your iMovie library. I would, 
I would certainly consider putting movies that you're working on things that you're creating there, but your archives certainly can sit on a, on a spindle drive. There's nothing wrong about that. As far as your iTunes library or your, you know, your movie library for movies that you're just going to watch. Absolutely no real benefit to put those on the SSD. Um, you know, a hard drive is plenty fast. Even the slowest hard drive that you're going to get these days is plenty fast enough to stream or to, to deliver the bandwidth for an HD movie. So you really don't need uh, to, to gob up all your space with, with that. Now I left out documents. My feeling is your documents probably aren't that big when you've kind of ruled out all the other things we just talked about. And so you're probably just going to put those on the SSD anyway. Uh, but you know, you're not going to be accessing hundreds of your documents simultaneously. So if you do need to put your documents, your pages, your Excel and all that stuff onto the, uh, the external drive, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world for you. You may not even notice it, but I'd certainly do it. I'd put them on the SSD if you have room. So that, that's how, that's how I'm going to start this, John, but I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. So John, why don't you take it and then we'll, we'll bring it back to Pete. I'm, I'm going to end it. <laughs> oh boy. Cause oh. surprise. Well, no, surprisingly, Dave, I, uh, the, I I'm, I'm going to add a lens to this. Okay. Surprisingly, I agree with you. Oh, well, first goodness. off to me, to me, system and applications is a no brainer. You're, you're going to get, you know, especially now that I have uh, now, of course, solution number one is just, buy enough SSD to store everything, which, you know, with the price of them coming down and, you know, I just got the shiny new 960 gig SSD, which is just wonderful. If you can do that, but, but it's still at the point where there's still, uh, unless you hit on a sale, um, you know, from a friend of max sales or someone, it's still kind of pricey. Um, you know, and it pains me to see people have to make this decision, but if you do, so number one, I agree with you system and applications, no question uh, that they belong in the SSD because you're going to get, Super duper performance. I also agree with you that the iPhoto library or Aperture library and iMovie or other video. And so here's the lens that I want to add to this is that if you have photos or movies that you are editing, either accessing or editing, I would argue that the SSD is going to give you a benefit. Uh, A rotational drive may be able to keep up, but an SSD will be able to keep up better. And then, like you said, Dave, uh, the thing is iTunes and movies are kind of passive in that you're just consuming them. You're not editing them and you're not manipulating them. You're just consuming them. And I think most modern hard drives, along with, you know, SATA 3 in most modern Macs, is going to be able to stream or consume that content with, with no issue. So you can put them on the hard drive. And then with documents, yeah, I mean, you know, same thing. If you're dealing with a big Word file or a text file or, or something like that or an RTF file. I, I, I think a hard, hard drive is going to be able to, to meet your needs. But it's also so, not so going to be that you. it's not going to be that big, right? I mean, a big word file, what's it going to be, you know, t- 10 megs, a hundred megs. I mean, that's, that's a right. book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Manual for right. Yeah. Work is, but, um, you know, I got right, some I, that are in the 80 to hundred megs, but yeah, but you yeah. put that on the yeah. SSD. Well, it's it's because it's small enough. You can put it on the SSD. I That's guess, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It's you not know, a space consumer. They're not. Yeah, they're yeah. not huge. Yeah. yeah, but I like that you brought it up because to to me the the because you're editing some of these files, whether they be photographs or movies, the SSD is going to give you uh, that boost that you may not realize or, or you may be limited to 
by a rotational drive. So, so I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? No, not really. I said, we're just going to jump in and say maybe, uh, on the, on the spindle drive with the documents. But again, that's just because I was thinking you're consuming it more than anything. And even if you are editing it, it's nowhere near like a, like a video editing right. that you're doing or something. But, right. but for the convenience of, of having it there and always ready to go. Um, I mean, I like having my, my flight manuals available to me right on my hard drive, but well, yeah, you're so talking about a laptop scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is That's much true. different. As a, yeah. As opposed to the, yeah. Tr- uh, Charles was asking about, a desktop machine. So both drives are effectively always sure. accessible, but yeah, if it's, if it's a laptop and you've got to decide, you know, an external drive versus, uh, versus internal, there will be times when you don't have access to your external drive. So right. that, that then changes the decision tree, uh, quite a bit. Cause the first thing that you put on the list is the stuff I always need to have with me. So, Hey, but you know, there's, I mean, there's other ways to deal with that too. We've got, oh, where is it? Uh, there was a cool stuff found coming up um, that I'm going to, I'm going to jump to here because it, it actually helps solve this problem. We were talking in the last show about uh, managing a Dropbox that's larger than your hard drive, right? I mean, it's, it's similar, similar issue here. And uh, yes, I'm vamping while I'm, oh, you know what? I know where I can find this. I, I got it. Uh, yes, I'm vamping while I find this, but uh there's a piece of software that Bruce wrote in about called expand drive E X P A N D R I V E. And uh, what it, it does is it allows you to use your cloud services like they are, um, you know, a USB drive connected to your Mac. And so it, it, it basically solves that problem we were talking about in the last show. So it, again, There is a decision to be made because, yes, now you have access to this stuff that's not directly connected to your Mac, but your Mac needs to be connected to the Internet to access this stuff. Right. And so if you need something while you're flying, well, you know. That's got to live on your laptop. Well, that's now verboten, but but I know what you mean. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Sorry. But, yeah, but, <laughs> I didn't mean to imply if, uh, you're doing things wrong. Someone, right. uh, yeah. Someone were and say in their private airplane. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so uh, you can you can have a laptop going in a private airplane. You just can't in a commercial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely verboten commercially now. So, okay. That um, wasn't. That's new, right? Um. No. No. Like. Uh, I'm pretty sure the FAA came down. It was very limited, kind of quickly. It came okay. down. Um. Don't, don't quote me on that. I'm, not, I'm yeah, pretty sure they did. I didn't mean to put you on I the spot. Fa- well, I just know for a fact that our company came down and said, okay. verboten, uh, you, you turn your phone off when you get to the airplane. Sure. And you don't turn it on again until you're off the airplane. Yeah. Same thing with laptops, verboten. Um, Kindles, verboten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Um, but But we have the company laptop, I mean, the company iPad it's now our navigation device. Sure. And, all that. and guys are going, well, I could do it. You go, yeah, go ahead and play that and see if they're logging that or not. You know I mean? Right. <laughs> see if that's worth it to you. It's it, not to me, you know, okay. So they the, it's me enough money. No. I'm going to do what they want. It's me not to a do. technical, it's a, it's no, a no, distraction. It's, it, it's a distraction. Yeah. Issue that that makes just sense. Going away what? from it. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. But Dave, but you know what? Yes, Sean. I got to add something here. Go. So we're talking about, and, and I just found this article here and I, I actually, I was experimenting with it. Why? Mm. I don't know. But I came across this. So you got a rotational drive, okay? They're, you know, uh, have ample space for reasonable money, but they're kind of slow. Then you got SSDs, right? Yeah. But then you got something else, and I just experimented with this. Uh, Thanks to our Jim, our friend Jim. No, Mm. a RAM disk. 
And because I got a whomping amount of memory in my MacBook Pro here, I got 16 gigs, which is probably more than I need. I decided, hey, you know, I'm going to look at a RAM disk on OS X. And again, our friend MGG Jim wrote an article back in 2013, you know, uh, ages ago. But I actually experimented with this. And if you want performance, uh, albeit temporary, making a RAM disk is the way to go, man. It's pretty cool. I was goofing huh. around with it and I did some benchmarks. And the thing is, you're going to get the, the, so you think SSDs are fast? The RAM in your computer is even faster. The only problem is it's relatively more expensive and you don't typically have a lot of it. But, um, you know, if you need some scratch space or high performance temporary disk space, um, and he actually pointed at, so you can either do magic from the terminal or they have a utility. I think it's actually an Apple script called a uh, Ram disk creator. And, you know, we'll link to Jim's article, but I, I just experimented with that during the week because I was like, huh, what do I do with all this extra Ram that I'm really not using most of the time? Well, there you go. Okay. So, so you can get gigabytes per second throughput on a Ram disk again, yeah. because of the nature of the Ram in your computer, the modern Ram, you know, is running at, at very high speeds, faster than an SSD. Um, and I think that'll always be the case just because of what it needs to do. Yeah, I, I guess I guess there would be limited. I'm, what I'm trying to think about is why, right? With OS 10 and the way that it caches things and and you have more RAM than you will need in terms of the system being forced to page out to swap potentially. Um OS 10 will cache stuff, right? So the the benefits of a RAM disk are very limited, but they, they exist. If you actually have to work with a large file, that's not too large uh, that it would fit in RAM, then you, you might get benefit out of that. Right. I, it's just, Oh yeah, I, no, it's, 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 it's for, uh, yeah, it's, it's for very, uh, it's for instances where you need very high performance beyond, yeah. uh, you know, what's available via yeah. an SSD. And again, it's temporary, you know, once you sure. turn the computer off, it's, it's goodbye, but it's the fastest, uh, re- disc that you're going to get with, with current technology. Yeah, no, uh, it, it totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. That's good. That's a, oh that's, my gosh. It's has, time. Has this happened again? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes, it has happened again. It's all happening. It's like the zoo. You know, and the only other thing on that was what? John. John what do you Glass. mean? It's like, oh, go. Uh, what, what do you mean about the zoo? I, wasn't I, I, that I a? Wasn't reference. that a? Um, it's all happening at the zoo. Oh yeah, right. A Paul yes, Simon, Simon and Garfunkel it. tune. That's right. Okay. Oh, all right. There you go. You got listen. So you got it. Like I said, I'm on very limited sleep. So every now and then you get to see a glimpse of the thought train of Dave, the mind map. <laughs> and I, I apologize for that, but this is, this is actually normal for me to think about things like that. I, I try to keep it from you folks. Cause I realize it's, it's scary. So well, that's okay. Go. I wandered off into Navin Johnson land when you were saying you only need three things. Remember <laughs> <laughs> from the movie, the jerk. I only yeah. need three things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, paddle ball game. Uh, no, we're good. Uh, <laughs> feedback at MacGeekab.com is one of the three things that you need to know to send us email. Feedback? Really? What's the second one? I think Pete has it. Oh, 206 triple six geek. Well, that's no. that. <laughs> you went off script, man. You went oh, off no, script. Well, let me try this again. Let me, let me try this again. The first of three things that you need uh, to send us email is feedback oh. at MacGeekab.com. The second, John, is... Oh, my favorite, okay. Dave, uh, uh, is feedback. 
at MacGeekGab.com. But I think Pete has one, too. I, I like feedback at MacGeekGab.com. It's almost <laughs> like it was off the cuff. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> or, or you could send an email to that phone number and see how that works out. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but what was that phone number now, now that you said it, it Pete? It was 206-666-GEEK, which is, John... Wow, that triple six thing makes me nervous. Sorry, man. man. But um, <laughs> four, three, three, five. But we're also on the Twitters, right? We are. Matt Geekab at we Twitter. Are. John F. Braun at Twitter. Pilot Pete at Twitter. Dave Hamilton at Twitter. And Mac Observer at Twitter. It's all fun stuff. It's a great place to follow us all. Uh, I do want to thank Michael Johnston from the iOS show podcast. As I mentioned earlier, he is the one who converts this show to AAC and adds all the chapters for you. He does a great job. We really appreciate it, Michael. Thank you so much. You got to check out his show. Also, Cashfly, C-A-C-A-G-F-L-Y.com, provides all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you, and they are great people to boot. And with that, I want to thank everyone in the podcast marketplace here uh, for this month. That includes Linda, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash M-G-G for 10 days free. iMazing.com with 20% off the coupon uh, M-G-G. Squarespace.com, of course, M-G-G, 10% off coupon. Also, Barebones at uh, Barebones Software at Barebones.com. Smile at uh, SmileSoftware.com. Gazelle at Gazelle.com. And, of course, Drobo. Uh, great stuff that they're doing over there. Drobo and Connected Data. Check all that out at uh, Drobo.com. You know what, Dave? I just got a newsflash. We just got a winter weather advisory for Monday. You know what that means, Dave? What's that? Don't drive like a moron, because if you do, you will get caught. Made up.